We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Fay, hitting with a solo recap of the Nets win over the Bulls, 109-107. Three straight wins for Brooklyn and their first in-season tournament win of the year. We're going to jump to that and plenty more. Make sure you check the Buzz on all streaming platforms. But the Nets continue their positive play. As we've talked about on previous shows, this, this team is just kind of finding a way to win and stay in games. You know, they started hot in that first quarter, a little bumpy in the second and third. And then in the fourth, you saw them make winning plays. And I think they're all also starting to build confidence late in games. You know, we heard from Mikel Bridges, you know, post game talking about how winning in Miami in a tight game kind of helped them win this one against Chicago. And it was down to the wire. You know, the Bulls had an opportunity. Levine got a good look at three to potentially win it at the end, but the Nets just made enough plays to put themselves in this position. You know, I think defensively, they could have been crispier throughout. I think at times they were allowing the Bulls to really get to their spots. And, you know, there was a little stretch where it felt like Zach Levine was getting hot and they were just giving up too many open threes to a team that didn't necessarily have ideal spacing. But overall, offensively, you saw some really positive things from the Nets in the first and fourth quarter and the fact that they generated 45 threes tonight. You know, that's that's a good number for this team. And they shot 40 for. 40% from deep, as Sarah Kustak mentioned on the on the uh, broadcast, a lot of corner threes for this team as well. Also, we saw 32 assists on 44 made field goals. Really positive. And I think some of the, the playmaking, passing, creation comes from the ability of rim pressure from multiple guys on this team, but also having some high-level passers. You know, in this game, we had Ben Simmons with six assists. You had Spencer Dinwiddie with nine assists and Royce O'Neal with eight assists. You know, I think Ben is on the cusp of maybe being an elite passer. Sometimes he makes bad decisions, so I think that's probably prevents him from being in that elite, elite tier. And Spencer, I feel like, is a really, really good passer. And just, it's a luxury having him as the second best passer on the floor. You know, when you're putting out a combination of Ben and Spencer, there's some positive to that. And then also you have Royce, who's a good secondary to, you know, third option playmaker at times for, the, for a second unit. And then also just other guys being able to make basic passes. You know, Cam had four assists in this game. Mikel Bridges had three assists in this game. Dorian Finney-Smith finished with zero assists, but he does a nice job being connector and making a quick decision and the right decision. So I think that's something to kind of keep an 
eye for this team is the passing and how that allows guys to excel a little bit because they have players that can create advantages, maybe not as many as other teams, but guys that can really get things going and making the right pass and keeping that ball moving or keeping players moving is important to maintain that advantage over the course of an offensive possession. So something to just watch for this team in terms of the positive offensive output, but a guy who's just been cooking offensively for this team and really started the season super strong is Dorian Finney-Smith. Finished this game with 21 points, 8 of 14 from the field, 5 of 9 from 3, 3 rebounds, a 3 is yeah, three rebounds, one block, had some really good defense on Nikola Vucevic in this game, you know, had him in the post where he was sealed almost under the rim and found a way to block the shot, did a great job of disrupting things, doing the dirty work, and was really just taking advantage of all the open threes given to him by Chicago. You know, after he knocked down four threes in that first half, Chicago changed up defensively a little bit. You saw DFS get downhill a couple times, get to the rim, make some tough layups, you know, looking somewhat comfortable handling the ball obviously it's been in somewhat open space but again positive positive stuff for him and just the overall impact he's providing is really really good for this team it's going to be interesting to see how uh jock vaughn manages minutes you know when cam johnson and nick claxon are back just because you know dorian finney smith probably wasn't going to start for this team you know last two games playing over 30 minutes and really providing an impact on both ends of the floor so Tough decisions for Vaughn, but getting to Mikel Bridges, who I thought had a good second half in this game and hit some big shots for this team and is continuing to maybe look a little bit more comfortable in crunch time. You know, I think Zach Levine tried to muscle him a little bit where Mikel was able to eat the contact, get baseline, and throw down that pretty dunk that really helped solidify the win for the Nets. But 20 points for Mikel Bridges, 8 of 17 from the field, 3 of 8 from 3, 1 of 2 from the free throw line, 2 rebounds, 3 assists. And you're starting to see, again, this season his disruptive defense and how he can really be a nuisance to offensive players. I thought at times in this game, you know, he could have tightened up a touch more, but when he did tighten up and really try to poke at the ball, Zach Levine, that disrupted him. When he was allowing Levine to kind of get into his flow and get a little bouncy out there, that's when Levine found his rhythm was knocking down shots. So Mikel, you know, not playing probably as high level as we saw at the end of last season, but still, as Jack and I have talked about, still at a really good level. And if you know Ben Simmons, Cam Thomas, and some of these other guys are going to play at a really high level, I think you can afford to have Mikel maybe take it down a touch offensively, especially if he's going to be so good defensively. But getting over to Cam Thomas, you know, not necessarily another 30-point game, but 17 points, 6 of 18 from the field, 3 of 9 from 3, 2 of 2 from the free throw line, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 block. And I think your star to see teams adjust a little bit more to Cam, trying to force the ball out of his hands, a touch, and understanding the spots he wants to get to. And the fact is, you know, defenses are playing to him just a little bit harder, and he's missing a couple shots that he, you know, hit over the course of the first three or four games of the season. So, you know, Cam, the one thing I did like about him offensively in this game, too, is the fact he put up nine three-point attempts, looked more comfortable on some of those catch-and-shoot threes, even though they didn't go down. I think that's an important aspect of just the overall flow of the offense and him continuing to build as an off-ball player rather than just being on-ball. And again, as I mentioned before, you know, four assists, making some good plays. You know, I love the play in the second half with him and uh, Mikel Bridges, nice energy. You know, Cam had the ball over in the corner. Mikel went to the corner, dropped it off. Easy three, good offense for the team. And those two kind of finding a way to work together, I think is going to be important moving forward for this team. And also Cam, you know, had you know, a couple defensive mistakes, but also had a couple nice def- uh, possessions in this game. One where he just kind of clamped up Javon Carter. Another one where Kobe White tried to drive on him. Cam got up for the block. So positive in that area as well. You know, we've talked about 
what he can do offensively, but really what's taking him to that next step as a complete player is what he's doing defensively and trying to improve in that area. And again, offensively too in this one, there was just situations where maybe he got into some of his bad shots that he's taken in the past. But at the end of the day, it's it's a growing experience. His third season, really hopefully his first one as a long-term starter. You know, we'll see what happens when the other guys come back. He's played at a level and I think he provides a skill set in which they need in that starting lineup. But we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Getting over to Spencer Dinwiddie, he returned to action tonight. 10 points, 4-7 from the field, 2 of 4 from 3, 3 rebounds, 9 assists, 2 steals, did have 3 turnovers, plus 15 for this Nets team. And there was just a couple plays where Spencer was just really making great decisions and just really reading the floor and can play off of Ben a little bit and you see some of that and just some of the the heady passes he's making and the reads that he's understanding to do I think the only issue I'd say with Spencer in this game uh, I'd like to see him probably pull a little bit more in some of those catch and shoot three opportunities especially because he's been solid you know to start the year he really seems to really enjoy shooting in the corners and we know in the past he shot really high numbers from there as well um, I think my other complaint about him in this game, it felt like he, I don't know for a fact if the ball got poked or not, it looked like he tried to put the ball between Vucevic's leg on a dribble move in the fourth quarter of this game. Probably something, if you're going to do it, do it in the first, second, or third, not in the fourth where it's a tight game like it was. But overall, you know, I think you felt him returning to the floor and the impact he can have as another ball handler, playmaker, and he looked good running that second unit and running pick and roll with Daron Sharp at times. I think the second unit had its issues because of some of the lack of offensive pop, putting you know Dennis Smith Jr. with Dayron Sharp out there and Royce O'Neal being such a hot and cold three-point shooter. But you know, you're depending on Spencer and Lonnie Walker to really carry in. They did. You know, I thought they they had some nice 
bursts in this game to kind of help the Nets maintain the lead or gain the lean back for this team. So, you know, Spencer with that second unit has been kind of fun. I think that allows him to excel. And then he's fitting into his role as being a complementary piece with the starting lineup as well. So there's some positive, And I think that just continues to provide more lineup versatility for Jock Vaughn, which is going to be so important. As I mentioned, there's just a lot of good players in this team and trying to find the right balances across across the season is going to be difficult at times just because you're you're not sure what's going to work or who's going to work or you know can these guys find a way to make it all fit and I think having a guy like Spencer with the versatility he provides offensively and defensively he's not great but at the end of the day he's 6'6 has a good wingspan and can defend up so you know you saw him play with Dennis Smith Jr. and Lonnie Walker which was okay defensively it didn't kill the Nets in any way so another tool in the toolbox for Vaughn moving over to Ben Simmons you know another solid game for Ben you know again we're getting some of the flashes of highlight plays you know there was some really good passes that one bounce pass I believe he made to Mikel Bridges in the corner in the first half Mikel took it to the rim and got an easy layup those are the kind of things that can just initiate the offense early on just with him getting downhill and kind of pushing the pace a touch Uh, you love the dunk he had in this game you know that was just explosive and he looked confident you know you still worry about some of the timid layups there you know as mentioned in the broadcast where he went away from Kobe White and missed the layup rather than trying to go through his chest and get to the free throw line you want to see him have a night where maybe he takes eight free throws and even though he's two and eight he's still you know going hard and looking for that contact that's going to be the next step for him because of the physical tools he has and how that would force the defense to adjust even more and that's going to unlock even more three-point shots for this team but Defensively, I thought he had some really nice disruptive plays in this game. You know, a couple times I felt like he and Den- uh, Dorian Finney-Smith probably could have switched a little bit on those DeRozan and Vucevic three, uh, pick and rolls. But at the end of the day, the Nets found a way to win, and those guys made enough good defensive plays to win. There was just probably more you know, meat on the bone than what they took out there. And moving over to some of the bench players, Royce O'Neal in this one, nine points, three of ten from the field, three of nine from three, five rebounds, as I mentioned, eight assists. One block, you know, he had some good defensive plays. He provides a level of physicality out there. And his three-point shooting is just very hot and cold. You know, a couple times I thought he pulled a little early in the shot clock and a little too deep. You know, I don't mind Royce pulling from three, but I think it's almost like you can generate a decent three-point look for Royce late in the second half of the shot clock rather than early on. So, you know, at times maybe he could could look to drive a touch more, but overall, you know, he's a bench guy and he can have those, you know, four or five point three-point games. So going over to Lonnie Walker continues to be a really fun player for this Nets team and provide a spark of offensive pop off the bench. 11 points, five of 10 from the field, one of four from three, one rebound, one assist, one block. I think you start to see, you know, as the seasons progress in these five games, his ability to get downhill and really kind of flow and contort his body around the rim. You know, he does a great job of kind of showing the ball, moving the ball, switching hands, whatever it is. The layup package is nice. The athleticism is nice. There's just an extra gear, almost a burst that he gets at the end of his drives that give him that one step to have an open shot or, you know, the ability to get the ball off the backboard into the rim. And I think, you know, as I tweeted out during this game, when Cam Johnson's back, there's going to probably be opportunities to play very space lineups and put Lonnie Walker out there where he can truly get downhill and get a lot of one-on-ones against his defender at the rim. And it feels like that's, you know, that's an advantage. That's a, that's an easy, easy bucket for him. If you're, you know, putting one of your lesser defenders on him, you know, cause let's just, just say you're running out a lineup. That's Mikel Bridges, 
Cam Johnson, maybe Cam Thomas, Lonnie Walker, and Dorian Finney-Smith. There's just a lot of gravity out there, especially if Cam starts to hitting Cam Thomas starts to hit at even a higher rate. You know that, that that's just going to provide a lot of open space for guys like him to attack. And I think Lonnie, you know. He has good defensive plays. Did have a block in this game. You know, there's a couple plays where maybe he reached in where he shouldn't have. But you know, good enough on the end of the floor. Moving over to Dennis Smith Jr. You know, this was a hot and cold bag. You know, seven points, three of nine from the field, one of two from three, one rebound, one assist, one steal. You know, you see the deficiencies when he's out there. You know, obviously not a three-point shooter, and offensively is very limited in what he can do. But at the same time, he is a defensive disruptor. You know, I thought he had some good possessions on Zach Levine, and he found a way to hit a big three in this game. You know, as I've talked about, I think he's best utilized in spurts. He didn't probably need to play 16 and a half minutes. You probably could have played him eight minutes, you know, maybe two four-minute stints in the first half and the second half, just to be an annoyance to Zach Levine in this game. And I think in future games, you know, maybe it's Trey Young, maybe it's Steph Curry, maybe it's Dame Lillard. You know, you just put him out there to be annoying for a couple minutes, and you try to put him out with a good good offensive lineup you know asking you know him to be out there with Daron Sharp can be tough at times because they're both so limited offensively but both guys do provide good energy and the Nets found a way to be positive in those minutes tonight Finishing up on Dayron, uh, six points, three of three from the field, 10 boards, you know, 10 boards in 15 minutes. That's impressive stuff. And the thing that I love is the offensive boards for Dayron in the past are great, but I like to see him be dominant on the defensive boards because that's what the Nets need. He had nine in this game, you know, only one offensive board and just really continuing to find a way to be a force there. And the Nets lost the rebounding battle 33 to 31. More than happy to lose it. You know, I don't think that's that big a deal, especially because the Nets had 96 shot attempts in this game and the Bulls only 89. So, you know, you will give up the two rebounds that we're getting seven more attempts in this one. And that's and the Nets also did this with very, very limited free throw attempts. You know, they were three of five from the free throw line. The Bulls, on the other hand, 10 of 14. You know, I thought the Nets didn't necessarily get an amazing whistle, but they weren't necessarily looking for contact as much as they have in the past. I thought at times in this game, the Bulls did a nice job kind of shrinking the paint and crowding the paint to prevent the Nets from getting some of those free throw attempts and really forcing the ball out. And the Nets at times were a little timid in shooting some of the three-point attempts. But as you see with the 45 number, they definitely got enough up in this game. So, you know, and touching just on Daron, uh, hot and cold moments, I think you still see positive flashes. You know, grab that offensive board, you know, hit the post move on Drummond and laid it in. That was good stuff. But there are still plays in this game where you're just like, like Daron's hands aren't great defensively. He's just kind of a step slow at times, but it's a learning curve from him. It's going to be interesting to see if Vaughn at any points in the season, you know, tries to run with Harry Giles or goes with Trent Watford in a small ball center lineup, or, you know, when Claxton comes back, you know, what's, what's the rotation even going to be? I think, you know, if you're just trying to be as positive as possible and, you know, maybe they're trying to stagger Ben and Clax for almost their entire stints, you know, just imagine Clax playing in all these sharp minutes and him being kind of supercharged because he's playing a, a shorter amount of time. Because I think if you do try to stagger, you know, Ben and Clax, one of those guys is going to have to be more so in the mid-20s, the high-20s, and the other one's going to probably be, you know, in the low-30s. And they'll still share, obviously, some time on the floor. But I think in the best world, you know, you, you stagger those minutes as much as possible. But that's a discussion for another day. You know, when Clax is actually back, you know, it doesn't look like he's going to play tomorrow against Boston either. So... It doesn't seem too positive on that ankle front. And obviously, it's a big year for Clax and a contract year. And the Nets really want to get a good sample size of him and Ben Simmons on the floor together. I think a lot of us, myself included, 
you know, don't think it'll ever work. I don't think it's, you know, getting the best out of both guys. And, you know, that stinks because obviously you want to see them both excel on your team. But at, at some point you have to be objective and look at the situation and just say, hey, two non-shooters like that with limited offensive packages just are not going to be super successful unless the Nets had, you know, the next coming of Steph Curry and Klay Thompson to pl- provide elite gravity. And even at times that would still be difficult for this team. But, you know, Finishing off, just touching on this Nets team, just really happy with the way they played, you know, to start the year. And it it seemed going in very unsure of expectations or, you know, how they would play, how enthusiastic they'd play, what type of style would they bind a Vaughn, who would step up, would there be, you know, some off moments because they don't have a ton of experience together, but they've come in, they've played hard, they're playing a system, they're playing a style that you can identify, they're playing together, there's good chemistry, there's good synergy, you know, they're obviously, I think some things to clean up defensively, but offensively, they found some really nice rhythm at times, so I'm happy where they're at, I think they've probably beaten my expectations for the first five games, and it's going to be really fun to see how they match up against these really good opponents coming up you know boston's been arguably the best team in the league and some of these other big matchups next week you know i think the clippers the bucks you know those those are going to be a nice nice test for the nets and you know we hope to win all those games but i think you'd also be pretty happy if they can continue to just have a shot in every game they play and it seems like they're going to be that type of team this year but as always appreciate everybody listening to the buzz and check us out on all streaming platforms Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.